A reading from the second book of Samuel. When King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go, do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go, tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Should you build me a house to dwell in? It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old. Since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Verbum Domini.
reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, to him who can strengthen you, according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings and according to the command of the eternal God, made known to all nations to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ. Be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verbum Domini. Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Lucam. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. For this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Verbum Domini. The patriarchs and heads of the churches in Jerusalem issued a statement of Christmas greetings to the faithful around the world. The faithful speaking of the Lord, the Prince of Peace, born in Bethlehem there more than 2,000 years ago. And these patriarchs of Jerusalem mentioned the, the terrible suffering they've been going through, the great sorrow there. Hope seems distant and beyond reach, they wrote. And they continued, however, yet it was into such a world that our Lord himself was born in order to give us hope. Here we must remember that during the first Christmas, the situation was not far removed from that of today. Thus, the Blessed Virgin Mary and St. Joseph had difficulty finding a place for their son's birth. There was the killing of children. There was military occupation. And there was the Holy Family becoming displaced as refugees. Outwardly, there was no reason for celebration other than the birth of the Lord Jesus. Nevertheless, in the midst of such sin and sorrow, the angel appeared to the shepherds announcing a message of hope and joy for all the world. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. In Christ's incarnation, the Almighty came to us as Emmanuel, God with us, in order to save, redeem, and transform us. That's the reason for our hope. And as I mentioned, that the angels said it was a cause of great joy even in the midst of the conflicts that were going on in the time of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And so it is for us. This always remains a message of hope and heart. I remember Mother Angelica talking about growing up in her own circumstances with a broken home and her mother often being reduced to tears on Christmas Day because of their situation. 
And yet what she had to hang on to was Christ. Christ born for love of us. A cause of joy, even in the midst of darkness and sadness that we experience sometimes in life and sometimes very profoundly. And yet it's not a darkness that surrounds us that can extinguish that light. That light is far brighter. That light has come into the darkness. The light who is Christ, the Lord. And when we think about the readings today on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we have the prophecy to King David. And Nathan says that the Lord says this, it was I who took you from the pasture, from shepherding the sheep. I made you commander. And again and again, he speaks about all these things that he had done for him. But I'm going to build a house for you. And this house and this kingdom from, of your heir is going to have no end. It will be forever. Well, it seemed like this really didn't take place because it was under David's son, Solomon, that then his two sons, the kingdom becomes divided, the 10 northern tribes and the 12, two southern tribes. And it would be a time, you know, in the 700s before Christ, the Assyrians conquer the 10 northern tribes, and then in the 500s before Christ, the southern kingdom is taken into exile, the temples destroyed. The heirs of King David, as it were, had to go underground into hiding. And so it seemed like, well, God's promise is not really going to be fulfilled. And yet the psalm continues to express this hope. The promises of the Lord I will sing forever. Your faithfulness, your faithfulness. The covenant you swore to David that forever will I confirm your posterity, establish your throne for all generations. And that's why it's important what we heard today in today's gospel, that the angel Gabriel is sent from God, from God. Again, it's his initiative. The time of fulfillment has now come. And where is he sent? To a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph, who is Joseph? Of the house of David. He's of the royal family. It doesn't really look that way. He's living a very humble, simple life as an artisan. He's poor because we know that they offered the offerings of the poor at the presentation of two turtle doves. They couldn't afford a lamb. And so it doesn't really look like He's of the royal family, but he is. And so now what is Mary told? That the time of fulfillment has now come. The fulfillment of these promises to David. And you're going to conceive, but it's going to be in this miraculous way of the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. And it's because of that, this child that's going to be born of you is going to be called Son of the Most High. Son of God, Son of God. He, the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. 
and of his kingdom there will be no end. And so you see, we have to always have heart, even in the troubles of our life. God has a plan. He doesn't abandon us. Never, ever. And that he does fulfill his promises. We can count on his promises to us. That the Lord told us he's with us all days until the end of the world. That he's gone to prepare a place for us. He's invited us into his kingdom, and he says the kingdom is even within you. It begins already here and now, and it's going to be brought to its fullest realization in eternity in the kingdom of heaven. And so, as the patriarchs of Jerusalem have brought out to us, that it was into the Lord, into such a mess, that the Lord himself came and became man and dwelt among us. They said, outwardly, there was no reason for celebration other than the birth of our Lord Jesus. But that's a cause of great joy, for which the angel said, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And they conclude by saying, this is the divine message of hope and peace that Christ's nativity inspires within us even in the midst of suffering. For Christ himself was born and lived among great suffering. Indeed, he suffered for our sake, even unto death on the cross, in order that the light of hope would shine into the world, overcoming the darkness. Now, we are on the fourth Sunday of Advent, but it also Christmas Eve this evening. And to think about what now we can give to the Lord who's giving himself to us. That in all the troubles of our world, we have this heart and we have this hope because of Christ. He's giving himself to us. Again, it's God's initiative. He's the one who sends the angel Gabriel, who invites Mary, who responds wholeheartedly. She is creation's perfect response, and she teaches us how to respond. I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. So during my Advent reflections that we've been having on EWTN, then I quoted Mother Angelica, who said that the different gifts that we could give to the Lord during this season of Advent, give him our sins. That's what he came for, for their forgiveness. Give him our hearts, give him our will. And then she said, on Christmas morning to give him ourselves. Give him ourselves. Do that in your own words. You know, Father Angelus of happy memory, he spent 11 years among the native people of Papua New Guinea. And he talked about how they live a very simple life, a short life, really, but a very simple life. And on Christmas Day, they would sit for hours just gazing at the nativity scene that was set up, just caught up into that reality, that truth of God becoming man and dwelling among us. And I think we need to spend some time doing just that, just looking at the nativity scene that you've set up in your home or in the church, and just reflecting on that truth 
that he's given himself to you. And he's given himself not just to humanity in general, some nameless general humanity. He's given himself personally to you. To you. He's joined himself to you. He's sharing in your humanity so that you might share in his divine life. And so let us ponder that, that he's joined himself to us personally. And allow him to love you. Sometimes people don't allow the Lord to love them. No, I'm too unworthy. I have too many faults, too many struggles with sin. Don't let that stand in the way. That's why he came. He became because of your weakness, because of your great need, that he was compelled. There was no compulsion in his coming except the compulsion of his love to unite himself to you, to save you, to give you new life, to restore you, to help you to live to the fullness of life, the abundant life that he wants for each one of us. So allow him to love you. And then let your heart create its own words of response to that love, responding to his love in the way that you want to give yourself to him. Did you know that Mother Angelica played the drums? Well, the drum, the little snare drum that she had. And she had a brush, you know, and just the gentle sound of a brush on a snare drum. And one of her favorite Christmas carols that she and the sisters would sing was The Little Drummer Boy. And it's a beautiful story, isn't it, that's told in that, uh, that Christmas carol, how this little drummer boy really has nothing that he thinks is really worth offering to the Lord. And so all he does is he can play this drum. And I always generally watch that little claymation from the 1960s of the little drummer boy. Maybe you've seen it. This troubled boy who's had all this tragedy in his life. And somehow he arrives there before the infant there in the manger with Mary and Joseph. And he plays his drum. Then he smiled at me. Pa-rum-pa-pum-pum, me and my drum. And that's still, that's the message too, isn't it, in the Juggler of Notre Dame, if you've ever seen that little uh, drama that was put together, to express that same thing. This older man, he has nothing really except he knows how to juggle, and so he does that. So even the simple little gifts that mother could sing that with all of her heart, just playing her little snare drum with the brush. That it was something that she wanted to give him, just as a sign of her love. So think about that on this, this time just before Christmas Eve, before Christmas Day. Allow him to love you. Allow him to cast his light into the darkness of your life, the darkness of our lives. That was a prayer of Francis when he began his conversion. Cast your light into the darkness of my, my heart. 
allow the child Jesus, who is the joy and hope of every human heart, allow him to love you, allow him to cast his light into the darkness, and come up with your own way that you want to express your love and gratitude to him. For love is repaid by love alone.